Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Turning your Bibles to Jonah, chapter 3. Jonah, chapter 3. We uh, have, it's a short book, you know. Um, it's not like preaching through Matthew, which I've, I've uh, been working on. I, I, I went, went through the first half of Matthew all of last year with Wilburn. And uh, here with Jonah, we can... We can get the whole book in, in four weeks. I probably could have done it in one. But uh, I think it's good to slow down and take a look at each chapter one at a time. In the first chapter, we saw that God is the inescapable God. And in the second chapter, we saw that God is the saving God. And tonight we're seeing how God is the forgiving God. In the very beginning of Jonah, uh, we saw that the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Uh, This prophetic formula is what it's called. Uh, God's word came to Jonah. He had a very specific message that he was to proclaim. No more and no less. Yet, Jonah did not wish to do it. God told him, rise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it. And Jonah arose, and he ran the other way. God told him to go east, and he went about as far west as he possibly could. Yet, Jonah found that he could not outrun the God who is the God of heaven who made the land and the sea. As Jonah got on the ship, headed for Tarshish, that's kind of a hard word to say, Tarshish, the Lord hurled a wind upon the sea. And there was a great storm, and the ship fought to break up into pieces. The mariners were throwing things overboard. They were trying to save their lives. They were calling out on all kinds of different gods. And they came and they found Jonah asleep. And they told him to arise and cry out to his God. He arose. They cast lots and determined that it was Jonah's fault that this uh, had come upon them. And they asked him, what should we do? He says, throw me overboard. They didn't want to throw him overboard. It was, um, they had compassion on him. They had more compassion on him than he had on the people of Nineveh. They began to row to try to get to the shore, but it was no use. They finally decided to throw him overboard. And as soon as he hit the water... It was all calm. God was the inescapable God in that chapter. And then we saw how the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And that was what saved Jonah. Jonah was 
flailing about in the water, wondering what... He didn't have any hope. He thought he was as good as dead. The seaweed was wrapping around his head and all kinds of things. He cried out to the Lord and the Lord answered him and the fish came and swallowed him up. We see his prayer. And at the very end of his prayer, he says, salvation belongs to the Lord. So in chapter 2, we see that God is the saving God. Now with chapter 3, God is the forgiving God. We'll read the text, starting in verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he called out, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. And they called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Let's pray. God, we, we thank you that you are a forgiving God, that you forgive our sin, that you turn away from the disaster that we deserve. Father, we pray now tonight that you would give us ears to hear your word and eyes to see. Lord, be with me. Give me strength. Give me grace. In Jesus' name, amen. We begin with a repetition of the very beginning of the book. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. It's the very beginning all over again. Jonah picks up, as it were, with a second chance right where he left off before, where he made his wrong decision. God comes back to him and says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. He gives him the same message. The exact same message he is to arise and go to Nineveh, that great city. It's, it's a clear repetition. The exact same words. 
And, he, and God says to call out to it the message that I tell you. Jonah was to say exactly what God told him to say. It says he was to proclaim the message that God tells him. And every preacher of God's word is to do the same thing. We are to preach God's word. The word of God that he has sent to us. We are not to go to the left or to the right to, to uh, avoid passages of scripture that we don't like. We're not to try to make up things of, or, or try to rely on private revelations. But we are to preach God's word, His scripture. What it is to be a faithful preacher is to stay true to what God's word says and to live it out. So Jonah, what did he do? He arose and he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. It's different than the last time. The last time God sent this message to him, he arose and he fled. But this time he arose and he went, just as the Lord had said. We need to notice these words, according to the word of the Lord. He did exactly as the Lord told him to do. Now, it says in verse 3, Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breadth. There are two ways to understand this text. When it says Jonah, I'm sorry, when it says that Nineveh was exceedingly great, literally it says it was, it was a great city to the Lord. Or to God, actually. It says it was a great city to God. So, uh, I think our, the, the translators here, they kind of smooth that out uh, and, and try to say it's a, a great, uh, exceedingly great city. Talking about its size. Uh, and the word... God there, Elohim. Sometimes it, it does have translations that are different from God. You know, in uh, the Psalms, uh, it says that he made him a little lo- lower than the angels. And uh, uh, some translations will say he made him a little bit lower than God because the Hebrew word there is Elohim, the word for God. Um, anyway, the other way to take that uh, is that it was important to God. This Nineveh was important to God. And of course it was important to God. Otherwise, why would He be sending Jonah to go and preach to them? He had a purpose for Nineveh. Even though um, they were wicked, they were evil, they were a violent, violent place. A place where they would kill their enemies and put their heads on a pole. God felt that this city was important. So he sent, Nineveh, sent Jonah to Nineveh to preach to them. They, he had some kind of purpose for them in his plan. So Jonah, I'm sorry, the three days journey in breadth. 
that, that's also kind of describing the, the size of the city. It was, it was uh, so big that it may have taken three days to cross from whenever he began it across the, the uh, diameter of the city. Um, when you look at the archaeology of the day, uh, some have doubted uh, because the boundaries of the city at that time didn't look like the, that it would take three days to do. Uh, yet, the way we can understand that and harmonize that is the fact that he, he may have been also going around the, the outskirts, the, uh, the suburbs, say, of, of Nineveh. It may have taken him three days to cross if you include all those other areas. It tells us then, Jonah began to go into the city going a day's journey. It was his first day on the journey, and he's calling out, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That was his message. Sounds like a great evangelistic message, doesn't it? 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. He didn't come into Nineveh and preach, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. He didn't come into Nineveh and tell them about the four spiritual laws. He came to Nineveh and he said, 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That was the message that he preached. And uh, since God was very clear in the very first verses, say what I tell you to say. And Jonah did according to the word of the Lord. That must have been God's message for Nineveh. Forty days, and you shall be overthrown. Well, the people began to respond. The people of Nineveh believed God. The message came to Nineveh, and they believed God. Uh, I I think this is interesting because um, we look at the life of Abraham. And Abraham, Paul makes a big deal out of the fact that Abraham, when he, he was counted righteous because he believed God. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. It wasn't by following the law. It wasn't by uh, circumcision, as Paul says, but it was because he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. The Ninevites heard this message. They heard the Word of God. And they believed it. Again, this reminds me of Romans when Paul says in um, chapter 10, I believe, how shall they hear without a preacher? If people are going to get saved, they have to hear the Word of God. And when they hear the Word of God, they can believe it. They can be saved. Well, the people of Nineveh, they believed God. And they had a response. It wasn't just an empty faith. James talks about a dead faith. A faith that doesn't come with works. But their faith was not empty at all. It says, they called for a fast and they put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. This was a great revival that they saw there in Nineveh. People that were dead spiritually coming to life when they heard God's Word. Verse 6, 
the word reached the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. That word reached, it says the word reached the king of Nineveh. In Hebrew, that word means to smite, to blow, to hit. That's the kind of force that the word of God came to this king of Nineveh. It was a blow. And that's sometimes the way the word of God comes to a sinner. Some people, whenever they hear the word of God preached, it brings conviction of sin. And that's what we all need. In order to have saving faith, we need to have conviction. And the Word of God needs to come to us and smack us upside the head. The Word of God reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. He was the king. He was sitting rich, comfortable, must have had a nice, comfortable throne, yet he gets up off of that and he humbles himself. In the ancient world, sometimes when people grieved, they would take their clothes off, they would disrobe. And this is one of the things that the king did. He got up from his throne, he removed his robe, and then he just covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. He humbled himself. And he issued a proclamation and published it throughout Nineveh. Um, This word for proclamation, it is the same word here in the Hebrew as it is that Jonah's preaching is. Jonah was to arise, go to Nineveh, and cry out against it. Well, this proclamation is a crying out. You can almost imagine the, the king writes this up, And he sends out his messengers to go and proclaim this proclamation throughout Nineveh. And he says, By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them turn out. Let them call out mightily to God. This king, he wanted to cover all of his bases, didn't he? From the greatest to the least. All of his nobles in his court, all the way down to the little children. He wanted them all to have a fast, to sit in sackcloth and ashes. And it wasn't just any fast. It was even without water. You know, when we fast today, usually we we will still drink water. We may avoid... um, eating any kind of food. And sometimes people eat fast by maybe just not eating anything for a, for a meal and then go back after um, for the next meal. They'll skip lunch or they'll skip dinner or they'll skip breakfast, something like that, and spend that time praying. But usually we drink water. This fast where they didn't even drink water, it was, it was a total fast and it was showing how serious they were. And it wasn't just the people, but it was also the animals included. Can you imagine trying to dress a cow in sackcloth? But that's what they did. They wanted to do whatever they could to show God that they were repenting. 
of their sins. Part of this proclamation says, Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. They weren't just doing religious things. They weren't just fasting. They weren't just uh, sitting in sackcloth. They were, it wasn't just about what they dressed. But the king said that the people needed to turn from their evil ways. To repent of their sins. And he says, who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from His fierce anger so that we may not perish. That wasn't a part of the message that Jonah preached. Jonah, he just came and he preached, 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. That's what he preached and that kind of made Jonah happy. He wanted to see Nineveh destroyed. But the king, he heard God's Word. God's Word hit him. It came as a blow. And he responded and God had him issue this proclamation. You know, when God's Word comes with a message of judgment, there is implied in that that if people turn from their wicked ways, if people turn from their sins and turn to Him, that there can be forgiveness. There are other places where there is a message of forgiveness alongside the message of judgment, but Jonah did not preach that. But it seemed to be implied. Verse 10, When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that He had said He would do to them. And He did not do it. God saw that they believed Him. The people heard the message and they believed Him. God saw that they believed Him. God saw that they repented of their sins. God saw that their faith that they they believed with was not an empty faith. And He relented from the disaster that He had said He would do to them. This brings a question. Does God change His mind? This is a deep question that philosophers have struggled with. Um, I think the answer is no. No, In uh, Numbers, I believe it's chapter 24, uh, it says, God is not a man that He should lie, nor a son of man that He should change His mind. The word in Hebrew there is the exact same word. When it says, God is not a son of man that he should change his mind, it's the exact same word whenever it says that God relented from the disaster. Do we have a contradiction here? No. Uh, I, I say that because I believe that, this, that the Bible is God's word. It is all God's word from Genesis to Revelation. There cannot be any contradiction here. So we have to determine how do these two things fit together. It seems from our perspective that there may be some contradiction, but God is not a man that He will lie. He, he tells us the truth, and when He is spoken in His Word, He is truthful with everything. There has to be a way to work this out. 
I do believe that God, he, he knows what His plan is. He has a plan and He has in His eternal decree made a plan for all of human history. And nothing can thwart that plan of His. Yet, from our perspective as human beings, His disposition toward us changes. When we hear His message of condemnation upon our sin, His dispossession can change when we hear it and we repent of our sins. We were once God's enemies. We were once children of wrath, but because of Jesus, because of His sacrifice on the cross, then when we put our faith in Him, when we repent of our sins and turn to Jesus, then that disposition that was fiery wrath against us is satisfied. It is propitiated. And we are adopted as His children. No longer does He deal with us in anger, but He forgives us of our sins. So in chapter 1, Jonah tells us about the God who is inescapable, Chapter 2 tells us about the God who saves. Chapter 3 tells us about the God who forgives, who relents from the disaster that we deserve. Jesus, when He talked about the people of Nineveh, He said that the people of Nineveh would rise up and in judgment against His generation because the people of Nineveh repented when they heard the preaching of Jonah. What will we do when we hear God's Word? Will we believe it? Will we repent of our sins? Will we humble ourselves like these Ninevites did? God is a God of grace and forgiveness. But that forgiveness cost Him something. It cost His only Son How shall we escape? As the Hebrews says, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? What we have is so much greater than the people of Nineveh had. How shall we escape? When we hear the message of Jesus and we don't repent. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.